Hello and welcome back to Littlest Petcast. I'm your host James, and today we are looking into the episode "Some Assistance Required." And uh, yeah, it has been a bit. Um, things are a bit crazy at the moment, and I've explained that. I'm explaining it here, but I think like last time, uh, this will be the last time I will explain this facet of season three, just like how last time I explained a different facet of season three. So yeah, things are going to be crazy and you know what, uh, season three is just going to be a when it's done kind of thing. Like, like I imagine I'll get it back onto a schedule at some point, but uh, it, it might not be soon. So yeah, let's uh, let's just begin the episode. So at the start of the episode, we are at the pet shop, and the pets minus Minka uh, call out to Blaith with different requests. Vinny is hungry. Pepper can't sleep because Vinny's tummy is rumbling because of his hunger. Zoe can't decide what to wear. Russell and Sunil are fighting over a rubber band, which... Why is rubber band two words? It doesn't make sense to me. And Penny wants a hug, or needs a hug. So Blythe comes in and magically solves their problems, like a weird kind of Mary Poppins type thing. I just kind of get that vibe, maybe because of that new movie coming out, you know? You just see it, and then you start seeing it in more places, I guess. And, like, I don't know, she feeds Vinny, she gives Pepper earplugs, she gives Zoe an outfit, she cuts the rubber band in half, like, with without concern... I mean, I guess it solves the problem, but it's not its not exactly the moral message from the Judgment of Solomon that you get. And then, of course, she gives Penny a hug. And Vinny is impressed and asks her how she does all of this. And because he's eating with his mouth full, Pepper says, you really shouldn't because... It is spraying on Pepper. Blythe says that just after being with you guys for a while, there's nothing I can't handle. Uh, <laughs> like, like it's it's the comparison invites itself. Like you can just hear the always sunny theme going. Just like Blythe can't handle it herself. I don't know. I need to think of a better title, but you can just hear hear that you know uh i just like i know a lot of shows are built around uh that premise where like someone says something and then immediately something happens where it leads to like the opposite happening but just like the always sunny theme is always the most direct and hilarious thing when it comes to that so someone bursts into the pet shop and trips it turns out to be phoebe mona autumn's assistant and she needs blythe's help 
Blythe asks, what's the problem? And Phoebe says that she's taking tomorrow off. Blythe is confused because the nature of her job is that she can take off whenever, including the middle of a work day, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> but... Uh... Phoebe explains that she hasn't had a day off since she started working for Mona. Which, you know, doesn't exactly paint Mona in the best light. Especially after the whole Amazon thing that we've seen. It's just, it's, it, it, it's not a good look. And uh, Phoebe continues by saying that she sent an email saying she needed a day off. So did her doctor, therapist, acupuncturist, and high school guidance counselor. Is she still... She can't still be in high school. Why does she... I mean, I guess if she needs it... She can't be in high school, right? Is Mona worse than I thought when I was taking these notes? But it's still a bit weird. Like, like Mona is making her work so much that she needs appointments with all of these people. Which is not great. It really, really isn't. It's just not good. Like, come on. Whatever. Like, yeah. So, so to make Mona look worse, she only agrees that Phoebe can have time off if Phoebe can find someone to replace her. And Phoebe decides on... Blythe and Blythe, who ignores all of the implications of this, and Phoebe in general, agrees because this gives her a chance to work with Mona. Boy, this episode is aged like milk. It's not. It's not going so well. But, like, like premise aside. Uh, it's still not the best episode. I'm just going to say that right now. Either way, uh, Phoebe is grateful and asks if tomorrow she can bring Russell and Zoe. And she explains that since the article about the International Pet Fashion Expo was well-received, Mona agreed to do some occasional articles on pet fashion. And Blythe asks if Mona wants them because they have experience, but Phoebe says that she just needs a purple dog and an orange hedgehog, which which is funny. I will give them that. So uh, Phoebe tells Blythe that Mona has an important meeting with a high-profile but very reclusive client. She then gives Blythe a stack of binders which lists off things Blythe should know about working for Mona. 
And Phoebe says that if you need me for anything, too bad. <laughs> you can't call me because I'm off the grid. And then she cartwheels out of the pet shop. And you know what? Good for her. Be off the grid. I mean, realistically, you might be sleeping all day. But if you find the energy to do something else, even if it's just watching a bunch of TV or something, good for you. So, uh, the next day, Blythe shows up at Trey Blase, uh, wearing what she was wearing yesterday. And, like, like Blythe's outfits don't normally change on a day-to-day basis. They're more episode-to-episode, I believe. This is, like, the first one where, like, I noticed it because it seems off. Kind of, like, this is the first time I'm making a deal out of it because it seems off because Blythe is fashion-forward. That's that's one of her character traits. And just, like, seeing her not present that is a little odd, especially because she's working at a fashion magazine for a day. You know? But that's not the biggest problem with this episode. Which we've discussed. So in the elevator, Russell says that he's nervous and asks Blythe if she's nervous. Uh, Blythe thinks everything will be fine and that she and Mona have a good relationship, which is true. So I, I guess I see where Blythe is coming from. Anyway, uh, Blythe drops Russell and Zoe off with the pet handler, Oliver St. Oliver. Yes, that's a real name. And he promises that he'll take good care of them. Oliver takes them into the, the photo shoot area, the modeling room, the soundstage. I don't know what that room would be called. Anyway, Zoe tells Russell that this is the big leagues, but also warns that any other pet they meet might be competitive. Just then, a blue dog pops up, and instead of promising a chance to solve problems with clues, it's another model, and his name is Tangier. Russell introduces himself and Zoe, and Tangier is taken in by Zoe because Zoe's already kind of a famous model and you know they have some back and forth and Tangier says that if you need anything don't hesitate to ask he has this kind of weird accent I don't know how I can nail it down exactly oh yeah like uh, it's it's weird and it's hard to get down respect the voice acting profession anyway (laughs) uh, Russell says that Tangier seems nice but Zoe has a look of suspicion on her face because she was talking about this thing not two seconds before Tangier just popped out of nowhere so meanwhile uh, Blythe walks into Mona's office and talks to Cairo 
Blythe informs Cairo of the situation and then goes to tell Mona. She's about to knock on the door, but Cairo reminds her not to knock, and Blythe remembers that it was in one of the binders. I think it was the second binder? Subsection? A thing? I don't know. There's a lot of binder stuff. Uh, Mona opens the door and is ready to get started. And uh, Mona's first demands are as follows. She needs correspondence files from January, February, March, not April, but yes, May. She needs two MOs, one with three errors, just to see if the guys at proofreading are paying attention. And she wants the security team to know that uh, she doesn't like how she looks on the security cameras. Blythe is confused, like this is all setting in just now, how stressful it is. And Mona asks if she should be writing this down. Blythe grabs some pen and uh, paper, and Mona keeps going. She wants her dry cleaning picked up from Fabio's, adjust the thermostat in her office to one-fifth of one degree lower, and I hope that she means Celsius, because, you know, Fahrenheit is a bit closer together, so, like, if you want to do one-fifth lower on Celsius... You just, like, maybe two degrees lower on Fahrenheit. (laughs) And then to get a birthday present for a nephew, Zabadiah. He likes toy German cars from the 1950s. And Mona then asks for her files and pushes Blythe out because they have a long day ahead. And, yeah, Blythe is now trying to keep her big head above water. So, Blythe is taking calls and asking people to hold but she keeps messing up the words but i do like the phrase can you office (laughs) because it's funny and it's also very clear that blythe can't office (laughs) like holy moly it's so it's so funny i just i like that i like that Anyway, Mona comes out and says that the smell of crumbs making her nauseous and asks if she can schedule an appointment with her hypno-aromatherapist. And, yeah, I'm confused as to why aromatherapist is one word, but rubber band is two. But, I mean, there are bigger problems. So, (laughs) Blythe looks, but Cairo gives Blythe their card. And Blythe is exhausted, even though they aren't at the halfway point of the day yet. And she hasn't had time to shadow Mona once. Mona bursts out and asks for tomorrow's newspaper, polo mallet repair, and then lunch. Blythe is relieved, but Mona says that it's not your lunch, it's hers. A quinoa salad with imported feta and shaved asparagus to hold the asparagus. There's a lot to go there. So Cairo reminds Blythe to forward Mona's calls to the cell phone Mona gave her and wear the earpiece. Blythe says that she'll be back soon unless Mona calls with 30 more tasks. So back at the photo shoot, Zoe tells Russell not to be nervous, but Russell can't help it. This might not be the best guideline for how to deal with stress, but... I mean, I guess deal with what you got... Maybe, I don't know. It's it's better to just, like, find the search. Whatever. 
Like like Russell Russell's nerves might be more of a facade thing than a actual nerve, but I mean you can't discount actual nerves. Anyway, Tangier comes over and asks Russell if his outfit is too small. Russell says no, and Tangier picks up on Russell's nerves. Uh, Tangier says that at his first shoot, someone ripped their outfit. And it's really hard to do Tangier's voice. It is really hard to do Tangier's voice. I'm going to need to look up who does Tangier's voice and congratulate them on that. Because that is not an easy voice. For someone who grew up with my accent, anyway. Anyway. Um, I'm going to need to stop. I forgot where I was. Okay, in that break, uh, I looked it up. The voice actor's name is Colin Murdoch. Good for you, Colin Murdoch. Anyway. So, as I was saying, at Tangier's first shoot, I'm, I'm just starting over. Someone ripped their outfit, and now they're working at a traveling circus. But he reassures that that won't happen to Russell. Russell sees Tangier as being helpful, but Zoe has her doubts. And, like, the faces Zoe makes throughout this episode are just gold. So Oliver comes in, and Russell rips his jacket, but Tangier points out that they have a spare, and Oliver pets him for it. Russell says that Tangier is nice, but... Zoe says he's a little too nice. Meanwhile, Blythe rushes in on the phone with bags under her eyes, I think. They're under Phoebe's eyes as well. There's the, there are these little lines, which I'm assuming are bags, but this isn't the best animation to know for sure what that is. She's on the phone, and she's saying that Mona wants a table for 17 and a half. Yes. Just just do that. She hangs up, and Cairo says that she's three minutes late. Blythe says that there is traffic, a line, another line, and it is really hard to find tomorrow's newspaper. You know, with it being today and all. Anyway, Cairo says that Mona gets in a mood whenever she doesn't eat on time. Blythe tries knocking, but Cairo reminds her not to knock, just in time. And when Blythe opens the door, Mona is in a near catatonic state with an ice pack and green vegetables on her eyes. I, yeah, I, um, I don't know which they are between zucchini and cucumbers. So Blythe gives her the food and Mona just wolfs it down. Mona says that she needs to get ready for her meeting with Clover Fields. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, we're doing that. We're doing that now, but you know it's not it's not the worst thing about the episode. Blythe says that she remembers that Clover is the reclusive uh designer that she's working with. And Mona wants everything to be perfect and asks Blythe to skip her own lunch. And yeah, we're, we we have circled right back to what makes this episode not the best. So Blythe wants to sit in on the meeting, but Mona says no. Can you imagine what like I would do if an assistant sat down on the meeting, that would be embarrassing, you know. Like, ugh. So, 
Back at the shoot, Tangier tucks in Russell's scarf, and Russell says he doesn't want his mistakes getting to Mona. Tangier says that a lot of pet models have been fired since I've been here. Like, two things. That's, that's, that's very obviously telegraphing. Like, I mean, I guess Russell's an idiot when it comes to this, but that is super, super telegraphy. Second, isn't this only a recent thing, though? Like, like, it hasn't been that long since the Pet Fashion Expo, and I guess sort of get into it, no matter what order you're watching season three in, this is the third episode. So, so it's not, it's not a case of where, like, Netflix is doing some trickery, because this is also the third episode as well, like, there's that. Anyway, so they begin modeling on a plane set, and Russell keeps sneezing when Oliver's taking pictures, and it's kind of magical that Oliver takes pictures when Russell sneezes, and Oliver is frustrated and says that maybe he can use Tangier's work with some editing. Oliver threatens Russell that if the next shoot doesn't go well, he's off. Tangier says that that was a bit of bad luck, but Zoe seems to know what's up. Russell says that he doesn't want to get in trouble, but Zoe checks Russell's scarf and sneezes as well. Russell says it must be going around, but Zoe says that there's sneezing powder in the scarf and deduces that the outfit had a tear in it before Russell put it on, so it's all Tangier's fault. And Russell gets mad and wants to punch Tangier in the face, but Zoe stops and saying that if Russell does go to beat him up, Tangier would win, even though Russell has super strength. <laughs> Russell says that they can't tell Oliver because the only people they can actually talk to is Blythe. I said only people. That is not the first uh, mistake I have made when talking in this episode. So I'm just going to keep going with it. Anyway, Zoe spots a camera and thinks to show him instead. So, back in the office, uh, Blythe is on the phone asking for a ring size and saying she'll send a plaster of Mona's finger over this afternoon. This is... dumb, but I don't mind it. Like, like, like... Like out of the context of how horrible it is, that's 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 a pretty good joke. Blythe seemingly finishes all the work she has to do and asks Cairo if she's done. Cairo says, "I don't see anything," which means Mona will find about two hundred. And then someone walks in, and this someone is Clover Fields. Uh, she talks with this. German or Nordic accents, like like she says ya yeah, and stuff. Like it's also kind of a hard thing for me to replicate, but really it's just because I'm a guy this time. I can't get my voice that high, but her accent isn't 
the most standout thing about her. So, let's take a look at her outfit. She's wearing a black hat with a veil and sunglasses. It's, she's wearing a white shirt with black stripes, a purple feather scarf, a purple belt, and a long black dress. And she carries around a stick with a hand on it, which she uses to shake Blythe's hand when Blythe goes to shake her hand. Blythe asks if she wants to sit down, and Clover asks why. Blythe says that she'll inform Mona that she's here, but then Mona screams. And Clover says, it's true what they say about Miss Autumn. I really don't know how to get that one down either. So Blythe walks in and asks if everything is all right. Mona appears to have had an allergic reaction. And, you know, Blythe sees this and is like, Anyway, Mona asks Blythe if she forgot to ask them to hold the asparagus. Blythe says, no, yes, maybe I must have. I can't. There's a lot I had to keep track of. Uh... Blythe says that she'll reschedule, but Mona says that Clover Fields does not reschedule. But, oh yeah, I put it in here. Uh, I didn't take note of it if it happened last time. But Mona says schedule. And apparently that's the British way of saying it. So maybe, maybe she does have her... Uh, like, office in Celsius. <laughs> and, you know, like, maybe you can adjust it on the Fahrenheit. Anyway. So, Blythe promises to make this work. She comes back out, and Clover asks if Mona is ready. Blythe says, in a minute. And uh, she's looking around, and Cairo gestures to Blythe uh, to come over behind the desk, and Blythe meets her under the desk. Cairo guesses that Mona ate asparagus, and then pulls out a drawer, saying that these should help, and there's, like, a bunch of stuff there. So, Blythe asks Clover to hold on for another minute as she ducks into the office. Blythe places a menu up in front of Mona's face, and Mona doesn't get the subtext until Blythe pushes it again. So back at the shoot, the camera is set up and Tangier goes over and pours hot sauce into Russell's bowl, narrating to himself while he's doing so. I guess a lot of the people he's worked with and has gotten fired are not that smart. And he's just narrating it to himself. And he's laughing. So, uh... Russell then announces his presence and Tangier gets rid of the evidence. I guess he's gotten too high and mighty to know something when he sees it or hears it or whatever. And Russell thanks Tangier and Tangier says, uh, you know, if we all do this together, it'll turn out better, which it will. But he doesn't believe it. He just wants to show off and be the best. And Zoe responds, like, saying, yes, that is true. And then Oliver wants them to get ready for the shoot. So 
Back in the office, Blythe walks Clover in, and Clover comments on how dark the room is because, uh, you know, the lights are off and the blinders are down. Or, yeah, I guess. I don't, curtains. Blinders? I don't know what that would be called. So, either way, Blythe says that Mona likes to conserve energy... And when they get to the desk, Mona's using the menu to block her face and greet Clover. Uh, Mona asks if uh, Clover wants anything, but Clover says no. Uh, Blythe takes her order, quote-unquote, and then moves a lamp in her way. Clover wants to look at Mona, and Blythe makes up something about how Mona and her were trying to find the best place for this lamp. Clover wants to get up, but Cairo stops her, and Clover pets Cairo with her hand stick thing? So back at the shoot, Tangier baits Russell into eating his food. Oliver is ready for a shoot, and when the shoot happens, Russell shoots flames out of his mouth. Oliver tries to send Russell out, but Zoe barks and Oliver comes back. Oliver asks if Timmy is in trouble again. I- I'm sure dogs have heard that joke. For a long time. I don't know. So Zoe gives Oliver the camera and Oliver investigates. He sees Tangier spiking Russell's food and punishes him for it. And yeah, takes him away into his kennel. So uh, Zoe commends Russell for going through with this. And Russell thanks Zoe for helping him out. Zoe says it was nothing, and like she was telling Tangier at the start when they met, that it's all about making the camera work for you. So, uh, Clover moves the lamp, and Blythe pulls the blinds up. That's, there we are. And lets in real light. Clover cannot stand the light and pulls the blinds down while covering Mona. Clover wonders about this, and Blythe explains that Mona is sensitive to light, and Clover says that she is the same. So Clover also wonders why Mona isn't talking. Blythe says that Mona's success comes from a set of rules, and one of those rules is that she only listens in first meetings. Clover says that it's strange, but she likes it. And that she has found a kindred spirit in Mona because people also say that she is strange. But now, now we found two people who understand each other. Blythe says that because of this connection that Clover has struck with Mona, that uh, Trey Blase should be the only magazine that debuts your new collection. Clover and Mona shake on it. And uh, Clover is, of course, using her hand on a stick. And, uh, like, as they're shaking, Mona's disguise falls off. However, Cairo jumps on Mona's arm to block her face. Man, a lot of people have big houses. So Blythe walks Clover out and says that Mona will be in touch. So... Once all that's done, the lights come back on, and they're all relieved, and Mona compliments Blythe, and 
And Blythe says that uh, she did what Mona would have done if she wasn't in this predicament. Blythe notices that Mona is healing fast, which, I mean, that's a healing factor. Come on. Come on. She's, she, it's, it's almost like Deadpoolian, I guess, when it comes to the healing factor. Like, it's very fast. And she doesn't look that great, but like, I mean, she'll be fine because the cancer isn't trying to continuously kill her, I guess. Unlike Deadpool. I Is that a movie only thing? Or is that another thing? In the, I don't know. Yeah, no, me, fake comic book fan. I don't know. If, uh, I, don't, I, I told you, go to free comic book day. And if this podcast is still around by the next free comic book day, which it probably will be, I will also tell you then <laughs> because it's great. But yeah, no, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Mona says that she'll be better than fine because uh, she has Clover's designs. And Mona says that she's learned a lot about Blythe today. That she is quick on her feet and creative in more ways than one. And also that she's not really cut out to be an assistant. Blythe says that she thought she could handle this on her own, but she realizes that we need help sometimes. We all do. Which... Why not just hire more staff at that point? You have a lot to do. You're in charge of a big company. Like, I'm I'm sure you can hire, like, two or three more people to be your assistant as well. Like, like I, I'm not saying that, like, all of the stuff you need to get done isn't unnecessary even though maybe some of it is but what I'm saying is if you're doing that much stuff you might want to hire more people but anyway Mona says that Blythe should focus on her designs which she would be happy to look over sometime Blythe offers to do lunch and Mona retorts with if only if Phoebe orders and they laugh and it is kind of funny, but like like the implication of like how hard that job is on Phoebe is not great. So at the end of the day, in the elevator, Zoe asks how Blythe's stay went, and she said it had its ups and downs, but it ended on an up. Blythe asks back, and Russell responds with pretty much the same, but... Not for everyone. And then we cut back to Oliver being mad at Tangier and asks him to focus on his modeling like Russell. And Tangier is mad and eats some food. But uh, he learns too late that it was Russell's bull and he spits flames as well. Thus ending the episode. Uh... Like I said earlier, this wasn't one of my favorite episodes before. And with how this episode is aged in terms of workers' rights, it um, it's not the best. 
episode. It's not great. I don't know. It's it's just like it has a lot of funny moments and a lot of good chuckles are had, but it's all undermined by like like uh just just the poor business practices that we see on display here. It's just it's not great. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to say. So I guess I'll just end the episode. So uh, this episode, uh, I am actually going to dedicate to a group. I am dedicating this episode to the recently broken up super best friends. And... Ever since 2010 or 2011, 2011, I think, maybe it was 2010, maybe I was a really early adopter. Anyway, I I was watching the Super Best Friends on their shenanigans, like, back when they were just, like, the two best friends. And then, like, Wooly and then Liam were brought into the fold... And I kept watching and enjoying their hijinks. But now they, they're just, they're broken up. And they're doing their own stuff now. And like, like I'm, I'm happy that they're doing their own stuff and are working on stuff they enjoy. But like at the same time, like them as a group will be sorely missed by the internet and I don't know word, words cannot express how much uh, like this will impact like how I see the internet and how people see the internet because like, like they took the internet by storm in more ways than one and like like just seeing someone that big just like just fade out and crackle down it's just it is something like like i mean i know their videos and stuff will still be there i know willie and pat are gonna continue podcasting in like the same rss feed just under a different name but like it's just it's just not the same but i mean they're better for it i guess and you know i i don't want them to exhaust themselves to just not being fun anymore cuz like they were all about fun and you know, if it's better this way, then fine. But they will be missed as a unit. So, uh, this episode of the podcast is dedicated to you, best friends. Because one of the things that you always do is call out all of this kind of bad behavior. Whether it be by companies overworking their staff or by competitors in stuff. Just doing scumbag tactics. Uh, 
because we all know that like the better working conditions and like a fair competition field I'll keep that going and uh like make for a better product in general and you guys were never afraid to call that out so I will thank you and I will tell you who are listening to be sure to comment and uh, rate this podcast on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they get their first day off in forever. And be sure to check in next time for the episode Winter Wonder What? I shall see you then. Original Friendcast ending, play us out.